Life Christian Centre is a church located in the city of Adelaide. It is made up of people from different backgrounds and walks of life who have been transformed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us online at www.life-church.com.au Come on, let's seek Him. Father, we need You in this place. I pray, Father, that as I speak, You would anoint my words. Lord God, I'm just a vessel here this morning. I pray that you would use me to speak to your people. But Father, I pray for every person's heart in this place, whether it's on fire for you, whether they feel far from you this morning, that a word would just be planted in their life, Lord God, and it would be a word that changes them. God, we still believe that you're the God that speaks today. We believe that you're speaking in this place, in our lives, in our city, Lord God. You're still speaking, Lord God. Your word endures forever. Be with us here this morning, we pray in your name. Amen. Amen. We're going to worship a bit later. um, And I just felt this word so strongly upon my heart to share with you this morning. It is... God still speaks. God still speaks. Can you say that with me this morning? God still speaks. About three people said it. Come on, one, two, three. God still speaks. And and my challenge to you here this morning is that we need to be still. We need to learn to be still and quiet in His presence. We need to remain faithful and we need to wait and hope for the Lord when Maybe we're going through a season where it doesn't seem like God is speaking. And we're going to talk about that in a moment. Um, In Isaiah chapter 40, verses 3 to 5. You want to turn with me to that scripture. Uh, Isaiah 40, verses 3 to 5. It says, A voice says, cry out. And I said, what shall I cry? Uh, Sorry, from verse 3. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level, the rugged places are plain, and the glory of the Lord will be revealed. And all people will see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. You're probably wondering, yes, Pastor Joe used this scripture last week, if you've got a good memory. He used it in his sermon last week. And I believe it's such an encouraging scripture for us to show us how God still speaks in our lives. And we're going to take a little bit of a different route to what he spoke about last week and a bit of a different focus. And that focus is on that God still speaks today. It's something that many of us believe here, amen. Who believes it? That God still speaks. Amen. Come on, church. I believe that God speaks to us today. I believe that God has spoken in the past. And I believe He's going to be speaking forever into our future. Um, but what about those times? What about those times when we don't feel like God's speaking? What about those times when, you know, it doesn't seem like God's voice is operating in our life? It feels dry. We've all been through those seasons, am I right? We've all been through one of those. I've been through one of those, and I'm sure a lot of us here have. If you haven't, man, I want to come talk with you. You must be some on-fire spiritual person that is always close with God. Come on, let's talk together. But we've all been going through those seasons one way or another. Either it seems like God has left us or He's not speaking into our lives. 
When we're praying, we just get nothing back. When we read the Word of God, it's like it's just words on the page. It's like God's not speaking. Where are you, God? Or maybe we come to church and it doesn't feel like God is there or that He's saying anything. All of us will go through a season like this. Some of us will experience what I like to call a season of silence to a lesser or a greater effect than others. But nonetheless, some of us will experience it uh, to a greater effect. Maybe it's, you know, for a number of years, you might feel like, where are you, God? You're not speaking in my life. Some of you, it might just be days. Nonetheless, some of us will go through this. Most of us will go through this season. Um, the scripture that we just read, just to put it in some context as to when it was written and who it was written for, the people of God, the Israelites had just been taken into captivity and gone into exile under um, Babylonian rule. And in Isaiah, all of chapters 1 to th- through to 39, these chapters are um, about God Uh, condemning the people it's about saying hey you guys are about to go into exile this is what's going to happen you need to turn from your sin you need to repent for 39 chapters this is God telling his people through the prophet Isaiah and 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 also sorry 36 to 39 is like this historical account just telling us what happens to the people of God how they're taken in under captivity of the Babylonian rule and then we get up to chapter 40 and from chapter 40 through to chapter 66, this is a bit of a Bible lesson here. Sorry, church, hang with me and we'll get into the good stuff. So from chapters 40 to 66, it's actually messianic writing, which is God telling the people, giving the people some hope that salvation is on the way, that there is hope on the way, that Christ is coming from chapters 40 to 66. God is saying, I know where you're at right now. I know it seems like that salvation is so far off and impossible, but I'm telling you that every valley will be made high. Every mountain will be made low because Christ is coming. And the greatest part of that passage is this, church, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Church, how we need the mouth of the Lord to speak into our hearts, into our lives here this morning. How we need the voice of God to speak into this church, into your family's life. How we need uh, the voice of the Lord to speak into our situations. When it feels like we're going through the valley, when the mountain is in front of us, we need the voice of the Lord to speak. Amen. And you might need a word for your family right now. Maybe it's broken. Maybe there's stuff going on that only God can fix. Maybe it's in your finances. Maybe there's sickness in your life or, I don't know, maybe a friend's life. Maybe it's in your career. You're looking for a job and there's just nothing happening. You're not hearing God's voice. Maybe it's in a relationship. I want to encourage you today that if you're not feeling or hearing the voice of God, I just want to encourage you that as we read the word, we know that God still speaks today. And one word from God is all that you need. One word from God can change everything in your position in your life. That's all we need, church. So how does God speak? 
Well, I believe God speaks through His Word. It's quite obvious God speaks through His Word in Isaiah 40, like we just read. All people are like grass, and all their faithfulness is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall because the breath of the Lord blows on them. Surely the people are grass. Verse 8, the grass withers and the flowers fall, but the Word of our God endures forever. Something about the Word of God enduring that is quite powerful. If you've, if you've looked over the centuries, over thousands of years, the Word of God has survived. It's survived centuries of manual transcription, of persecution, of ever-changing philosophies, of all kinds of critics, of neglect, both from the pulpit of people preaching and in congregations. It's survived doubt and disbelief and still the Word of God stands forever, church. This Word will never fail us. Josh McDowell says, written on material that perishes, having to be copied and recopied for hundreds of years before the invention of the printing press did not diminish its style, correctness, nor existence. The Bible, compared with other ancient writings, has more manuscript evidence than any 10 pieces of classical literature combined. In 303 AD, the Roman Emperor Diocletian demanded that every copy of the scriptures in the the Roman Empire be burned. He failed. And 25 years later, the Roman Emperor Constantine commissioned a scholar named Eusebius, I think that's his name, to prepare 50 copies of the Bible at government expense. Voltaire, we know the story. Voltaire, the French skeptic and infidel who died in 1778, said that 100 years from his time, Christianity would be swept from existence and passed into history and that the Bible would be a forgotten book. You've heard this story. Many years after Voltaire's death, the Geneva Bible study used his press and his house to produce stacks and stacks of Bibles. Amen. The word of the Lord endures forever. Now, that's, that's just the physical aspect. The, the printing of the word of God has survived and it's quite amazing. But God's word speaking to us has still survived. It's still happening today. To some of us, that might seem like a strange thing. To some of us, the, the very thought of, hey, God speaks, that's like, what? That's weird, God speaking into my life. And, and that's okay. Some of you might not have had that encounter with God yet. You might be new here this morning. I just want to encourage you. God can speak into your life here today. Even as I'm speaking my words later, we're going to hear a song. And I pray that it's just going to minister into your heart and God's going to use maybe a word. Maybe it's a verse out of the Bible. And it's going to do something new, something fresh in your life. Throughout history, even under immense persecution, the Bible has not only survived, but it has changed the lives of millions of people over thousands of years. God uses his word to speak to us. Every time we open this, his word, it's not just words on a page. It's active, it's alive, it's living church. What that means is as we apply it to our lives, as we apply it into our, into our dire situations, the word brings stuff back to life and we realize, oh, it gives us wisdom. Maybe I should go down this path. Maybe I need to listen and obey to the Bible, uh, obey the word of God and the word of God will speak into your situation, into your life. I believe God still speaks today through His Word. You with me, church? Come on. God speaks through His Word. God speaks through others. Um, 
God speaks through others. Uh, and I'm sure many of us have had some kind of experience where someone's just come up, maybe after the service, just come around you and just giving you an encouraging word and say, hey, I just believe that this verse for your life right now. And it's just like, whoa, that is so um, pertinent, so relevant for my current situation. And um, I've received a few words over my life over the years, and whether it's been at kids camps or, or youth camps or in the service or whatever. And, you know, I, I, whenever I receive a word, I, I leave it up to God to, to fulfill in my life. And I thank him for that word. And, you know, there's been a few that have come to pass. God has spoken um, through others to my life in my situation. I remember once um, it, it was at youth camp. I was only about 14 or 15 years old. I was doing the projector sitting at the back. I was trying to stay out of sight. And the, uh, the pastor, uh, I think it was, his name was Pastor Nick. He was a Greek guy. Anyway, that's all I remember about him. He, he started preaching and then he's giving words to people. He calls my brother out the front first. And he said, my brother was about 20 at the time, 21, I don't know. And then he calls him to the front and he says, do you have a brother in this place? You've got a brother in this place. And I'm just there at the projector screen and I'm like, like tilting my head over like this. And I'm like, oh no, I was so nervous. And he calls me to the front and he gave us a word, both of us a word. And he said, he pointed to my brother and he goes, your um, business, you're going to, he, he pre uh, preached a word over his life. He said, you're going to be successful in business and uh, you're going to flourish. You, you're an entrepreneur. God's going to bless your business. And he said, uh, and this guy over here, your business, this is going to sound weird, but your business and your, uh, what you're achieving there is going to support his ministry, is going to support what God's using in his life. Anyway, time went by. I was like, yeah, come on. You know, he's going he's gonna to support me. Praise God. I was 14. I didn't even know what was going on, right? Anyway, so time went by and I, I turned about 21, 22 and, you know, there was an opportunity where I went to work for my brother's business and I, we both had forgotten all about this word and then Jij comes up to me in the kitchen one day. Jij is my sister-in-law, which is Ben's wife, and uh, she comes up and she's like, guys, do you remember that word that God spoke over your life? And me working for him, I won't go into too, too much detail, but it, it was exactly what the word of God was spoken over my life so many years ago. His business was pretty much supporting my ability to be in the ministry at, at youth of the time. And it was quite amazing. God uses people to speak into our lives. God uses other people. God uses words. And if they're of God, if they're the truth, if they follow the word of God, man, when it comes to fruition, you're going to be, you're going to be compelled to worship. And you're going to be like, God, thank you so much that you use that person to speak into my life. Anyway, I've got to move on. God uses others to speak. God speaks through the Holy Spirit. God speaks through His Word. He speaks through others. He speaks, speaks through the Holy Spirit. And it might not be this big, loud, audible voice, Chris, I'm here. You know, like it's not like that all the time. Maybe it is. Praise God if it is. But God speaks through the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to go into how He speaks in just a moment. But another example of my life, I was just driving down Wakefield Street after a Friday night. And uh, I was just praying in my car. I remember it was driving my 1991 Mazda 626. I remember it clearly. I'm just driving and God just dropped a word in my heart through the Holy Spirit. And I felt so overwhelmed. It was like this. Um, I knew that God was 
putting me into youth leadership and the youth ministry, and it was just so overwhelming. God spoke to me. I believe God speaks to us today, church. He can speak a word in your heart through His Word as we cultivate a routine in His Word, as we, um, as uh, through other people, as we're fellowshipping with others, people can speak a word into our heart that comes directly from God, and He can speak through His Holy Spirit. You with me, church? Amen. But what about those times, the season of silence? You see, once the people of God, Isaiah 40, we just read it, that context, once the people of God had been taken under captivity by the Babylonians, into captivity by the Babylonians, what happened then? Did God give them you know, directions and answers and did he give them a time frame? Hey, listen, hey guys, uh, this is when your salvation is coming. Hey, just wait this long. Uh, this is the day, you know, God's kind of, I'm going to send the Messiah on this day. He talks about sending his son, the Messiah. It's prophesied over and over, but there's no time. In fact, between the people of God being taken into captivity and when the Messiah came and when God spoke again was 400 years. 400 years between the Old Testament and the New Testament, 400 years of a season of silence. Now, there was other literature written at the time, but none of those books were canonized into the Bible. None of those books were inspired by the Holy Spirit or had the criteria of being in, may, uh, canonized into the Bible. There was 400 years of God not speaking to his people. The season of silence. Where is God? Where are you, God? Where are you? So many of us have been through these seasons and, and I believe that God speaks through his word. He speaks through others. He speaks through the Holy Spirit. But where are you, God, during this silent season? I, I pick up my Bible and there's nothing. I come to church. I can't lift my hands. I don't feel your presence. I don't hear you, God. What happens in those silent seasons? Well, the first thing I believe is where is God in the silence is that he's in the quiet. He's in the quiet. We know the story of Elijah. Elijah is coming into the presence of God. And, and in 1 Kings 19, 11 to 12, it says, The Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. God comes by his presence to Elijah, not in the fire, the wind or the earthquake, but he comes to Elijah in the gentle whisper. And when we don't hear God, we try desperately, church, to hear him out of what we think are ways he's going to speak to us. And I've heard so many times people saying, well, I don't really hear God during the worship or even in the preaching. I wait for him to speak, but, you know, there's nothing there. Look, spending time in God's presence in worship and listening to preaching, that's essential for our walk with God. And I believe more than ever, we need, we need God to speak to us through those methods during those times. We need God to speak to us during the worship. But 
If we haven't spent time with God in the quiet, we will miss him. If we're searching in the fire, if we're searching in the wind, if we're searching in the earthquake, oh God, give me a sign, and we're not spending time with him in the quiet, we will miss him. And he might just pass us by. Elijah was waiting for God's presence and God showed up to him in that gentle whisper. We need to cultivate a habit of spending consistent, quiet times with God. Get rid of the noise. Seek God in the quiet place. Silence and solitude are spiritual disciplines. And this was exemplified through the life of Jesus. There's no one else greater to to exemplify this than Jesus himself. Jesus was going through so many things in his ministry. He was going to that town, to that town, healing that person and and kind of giving that person power and, and releasing demons from people's lives. But Jesus knew the importance of spending alone time with his father. We read in uh, Luke chapter 6, one of those days Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. In Mark 1.35, very early in the morning. That doesn't sound good to me, very early in the morning. I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm happy with the, the previous um, The previous verse that says he spent the night praying. But this one here, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. David Matthias says, We might get alone and be quiet to hear our own internal voice, the murmurs of our soul that are easily drowned out in noise and crowds. But the most important voice to hear in the silence is God's. The point of practicing silence as a spiritual discipline is not so we can hear God's audible voice, but so we can be less distracted and better hear him speak with even greater clarity in his word. Now, this is not to mean that we shut ourselves off from everyone and take kind of a pledge of silence. Like some of you are thinking right now, maybe the person next to me needs to take a pledge of silence for a while. We don't need to do that. These are moments in our lives that we kind of take out. We take time out, whether it's once a day, whether it's once a week, getting rid of the noise. We remove ourselves from the chaos of life into quiet moments so that we can realign ourselves with God and His will for our lives. So many times the reason why we don't hear God's voice is because of the noise around us. But it's in the silence that we can hear God the loudest. As believers, the large majority of the time, we know that when God speaks, it's through His Word. It's not on a billboard. It's not through the radio station that, oh, man, that that guy must be speaking to me. Or not through a deep voice saying, my child. You know, it's not always like this. He can speak through anything. I believe that. But the Word of God is what has lasted through the ages and will so forevermore so that we will know God and understand His will. It's through the Word of God that He speaks as we're spending quiet time with God. It's as we cultivate a quiet time routine with God when His Word has a lasting impact in our lives. Some of you come into church and you're feeling like, oh man, I don't know if God's here or not. Have you spent that quiet time with God on your own? Can you be alone with God? Can you be alone with God? When God develops us in the quiet, we feel compelled to praise. 
when, you, when your life is developed in the quiet time with God, you come into this house and you can't help but shout. You can't help but sing at the top of your lungs. You can't help but worship and lift your hands because you know the God that you're worshiping because you've spent that quiet time with him. Be still and know that I am God, God says. I've got to move on. Point number two, he's in the faithful. If we remain faithful in the season when we think God is silent, we will learn to recognize his voice. What do I mean by the faithful? In John 10, Jesus says, But he who, en- he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens to sheep. Uh, the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. Jesus is the good shepherd. Back in those days, the shepherds used to have a particular or specific calling to the sheep. It may have been a whistle, like a or something like that. I don't know. I just made that up on the spot. Right? So it may have been a particular calling to the sheep. The shepherds would call the sheep out and the sheep would recognize the shepherd's voice. If a stranger came, if I came and I wasn't the shepherd and I did that same whistle, they would recognize the voice of their shepherd. True story. Look it up. That is, that's how we can recognize. It's a picture of how we can recognize the voice of our good shepherd, Jesus. Jesus says, you will recognize my voice. If we spend time in the quiet with him and if we remain faithful, if we are God's children, we will recognize the voice of the Father. Where is God when he's not speaking? He is in you. He is in the faithful people. And we recognize his voice. He abides in us, church, which means he lives in us. He's working in us. He's using us for his glory. If we feel like we're in the season of silence, remember that Jesus abides in the faithful sheep. And the good shepherd's not going to let us fall. We need, all we need to do is to trust that he is who he says he is, the good shepherd. Get rid of the noise. Learn to be alone with God, especially in the season of silence. Be alone in God's presence and spend time with him because if we are his sheep, if he abides in us, we will recognize and be willing to wait for his voice. And this moves me on to the last point. He's, he's in the waiting. Where are you, God? When all is silent, where are you, God? The musos can come. We don't like to wait. None of us do. I don't think I've ever heard of someone that's waiting for their meal at a restaurant saying, isn't it great that we're waiting for our food? Isn't it great that it's taken the chef 50 minutes until we've received our main course and I'm so hungry? Seriously, who actually says that in a restaurant? Anybody? No. Okay, good. It's not just me. Good. I'm impatient, right? But I'm not impatient for 50 minutes. Okay, nobody says I like to wait. But waiting on God is probably one of the greatest things we can do to grow closer to him. The word waiting or wait on God in the Bible, and we're going to read it in a moment in Isaiah, is from the Hebrew word kavah, and that means to wait for. It means to expect. It means to hope in. And what it is, it's a sign of that it's, it's an act of binding together, like a rope. Okay, It's actually meant for when you 
twist the strands of a rope together, right? They're twisting and twisting so that the rope is made stronger. When we wait on God, the process of waiting, God strengthens us by drawing us closer to Him and closer to Him. The process of waiting means we will know God more. The process of waiting means we will understand God's will more and we will be strengthened as we wait. Ecclesiastes says, though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. For some of us here today, you're needing an answer on something. You're just needing God to show up and do a miracle in your life or a situation in your life. I'm not in your shoes. I don't know what you're going through, but I know our God. And I know you'll find Him in the waiting, in the waiting season. You might not find the answer you're looking for, but you've got to trust in the goodness of God. Trust in His unfailing love for you. Trust that He's promised to give you good gifts from above and that all things work together for the good of those who love Him. Trust in the promises of God. Wait on the Lord and He will renew your strength. Sometimes when we don't understand what's going on, we we just need to wait. How long for? There's no time frame. The people of God waited 400 years. Now, we're not alive for 400 years, but they waited 400 years for an answer from God. How long are you willing to wait for the Lord? But here's the thing. As we wait on the Lord with hope, we begin to understand His ways. His ways are higher than our ways, church. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. So you might not find that all your problems are fixed, but in the waiting, you'll find God. God didn't promise that everything in this life will be perfect. It doesn't say that in the Bible. And if someone's telling you that, that's actually false. In fact, He's warned us that it's, life is going to be tough. He's warned us about trials. Why do bad things happen in our lives and God doesn't intervene? No one fully knows the answer. There's some ideas behind why that might be. And I will never fully understand God's ways. But God does promise this, that He will be with us through the fire. He will be with us through the storm. He will be with us through the toughest trial of our lives. And He will not give us something that we cannot handle. God is there with us. If you're not hearing Him today, wait upon the Lord. Wait for the Lord the process is not nice sometimes it feels hard but I promise you as we are growing with God He's he's binding us with Him He's strengthening us Isaiah 40 we read that scripture before go down to verse 28 do you not know have you not heard the Lord is the everlasting God the creator of the ends of the earth He will not grow tired or weary and His understanding no one can fathom Listen, church, He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope, and that word hope there is wait, those who wait in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Just to be clear, putting these three points I've said into practice first, 
it's quite difficult. And secondly, it's not the magical solution for God to send down an answer from heaven, right? All I wanted to do today was to encourage you with the idea that God is with you and that God still speaks today. That even when I don't hear Him, He is working. Even when I don't feel Him, even when I don't see Him, I don't know if you're there, God. I believe in Your Word. I trust in Your Word. Your Word endures forever. And I believe that You're still speaking today. I'm going to wait on You in the quiet. I'm going to wait for You faithfully because You are the Good Shepherd. And You want to give me good gifts. And I'm going to wait upon the Lord. And as He, as I wait upon the Lord, He's going to send the victory in my life. He's going to send the promise in my life. Fruit will come up and I will see it. I will understand Him more and I will get to know my Saviour so much. Much more. There's a process of waiting. Why does God make us wait? Ultimately, it's so that we can know Him more. And the last scripture, just before we sing a song that I hope will bless you, Psalm 27. I remain confident of this. Maybe if we could all stand together. Just know no distractions in this place if I could ask we just want to respect this time just close your eyes and listen to this scripture and then we're going to hear a song and I pray that this song will bless you I remain confident of this I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living wait for the Lord be strong and take heart And wait for the Lord. Wait for the Lord this morning, church. Amen. Just worship Him as this song is sung. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm just going to close in prayer. And as I do that, if you're really going through a difficult situation, it seems like there's a mountain, there's some kind of impossibility, whether, like I said before, it's in your family it's a sickness. Maybe there's some grief in your family right now or in your life. Maybe it's in your finances, a relationship. I don't know what it looks like, church. But if that's you, you just gone through a real difficult moment. Just maybe place your hand on your heart just as a sign that, hey, God, I, I'm trusting in you. I'm putting my hope in you right now. Just put your hand on your heart and I'm just going to pray with you right now. And, and everybody else, come on, why don't we just seek after God and just believe. Come on, God's going to speak a word and God still speaks today. God still speaks today. Come on, let's pray together. Father, I pray right now for every person that has their hand on their heart or maybe God is going through the most difficult situation in their life, a difficulty they can't get through, they can't seem to get through. God, would you give them the strength as they wait upon you, Lord God? It might be another day they need to wait. Let them wait and give them strength. It might be a week. Let them wait a week or a year or however long it is that you need them to wait for. But through it all, Lord God, would you give them the strength to overcome it, Lord God, so they will see it through and you will see it through in their life and you will see victory through in their life. There will be triumph in their mountain. There will be triumph as you lift up their valleys, Lord God. Oh, Father, you are the God of the impossible and we cry out to you, Lord God. We have nowhere else to turn, Lord God. Every sickness Lord God, I put under your throne right now, under your authority. 
And I pray, Lord God, that they will be healed in Jesus' name. Lord, that people would be set free from bondages, Lord God. People will be set free from sin in this place. Addictions, Lord God, that they can't seem to get out of, Lord Jesus. You are the God of the impossible and we turn to you. We wait upon you today, Lord Jesus. Father, we don't have the answers. We don't understand fully or comprehend why you choose to heal some or heal others. But God, we're just going to put our faith in what we do understand and that you are a good God. You're a good God and you are the healer. You're the miracle maker. That's what we're going to put our trust in today, Lord Jesus. We wait upon the Lord. Renew our strength here this morning, we pray. We are your servants. We are your sheep, Lord God, and we want to follow your voice. Use us for your glory in Jesus' mighty name.